0: I'm Beth Bruno, and you're listening to The Fierce and Lovely Podcast. This is a podcast for women who wonder how strength and weakness coexist, or how to bless both bravery and tenderness, for those longing to bring the fullness of their glory to the world without a chip on their shoulder. For those who have embraced a global sisterhood and left small storied lives behind, this is for you, the fierce and lovely women seeking the both and of a big storied life. Join me as I chat with fierce and lovely women around the world. episode, I talk with Christy Rood, who has been a friend of mine for 11 years. And I first met her uh, when we briefly overlapped in Seattle. And I have just watched her for the last decade and have been impressed with what a thoughtful, um, articulate, wise woman she is. She comes from a, a Pretty Christian background um, in terms of growing up as a pastor's kid, going to Bible college, planting a church with her husband, and in this conversation we we get into the nitty gritty, the tough and tender uh, spots of of our nation right now in the political climate. We recorded this on Election Day, and I asked Christy to come on the show because recently she posted something on Facebook that broke a silence that she had had personally and spoke truth into um, a really violent time in our nation just after the synagogue uh, massacre. And her thoughts uh, just settled deep within me. Uh, They were compelling. I resonated with them. And I just wanted to chat with her more about breaking our silence and when it's time to uh, speak out against things that we believe are counter to our to the way in which uh, Jesus would be talking about things so this this is I don't know it's kind of touchy because it has to do with politics and it's election day and I just want to invite you in to this conversation our hope was to have a meaningful dialogue in a manner that embodied fierce and lovely I hope we we did it well Uh, listen in join us hi Christy welcome to the show Thanks for having me. Um, Today is election day, and it's not like I'm going to be savvy enough or quick enough to actually get this posted today on election day. But the conversation I anticipate us having, um, it just feels timely and pertinent to have it on today of all days. So before we launch into all of that, um, Christy, can you just tell uh, my listeners a little bit about who you are?
1: I never know how to answer that question, but I'll do my best. <laughs> I um, I, I guess I'm a lifelong Christian. My parents were in ministry, and I was in ministry for a long time too. My husband and I have been married 21 years, and we church planted in Seattle, and uh, that we moved to Seattle from the East Coast, so that was a huge culture shift for me. Um, and I I realized after living in Seattle for 15 years that it really did leave its mark on me as far as my my political leanings and my views. You hate to say that a place actually changes you, but it does, and the people there. Um, and now we're back on the East Coast. We moved to North Carolina uh, three months ago. And so we're, we're kind of back at our roots a little bit, but, um, as you know, I'm not the same person I was 15 years ago when we moved from sure. the South to Seattle. I'm a different person and I really have, um, well, everyone changes over time, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of this short version. I have four kids. Um, they're teens, two teens, two tweens, and, uh, I love to, to write and, Think And um, learn. I'm not politically very, very savvy, but I do care about issues. And I care about, I, I care about the, the reputation of Christ in the world. And I, um, I care about uh, reaching people who don't know Jesus, but in uh-huh. a, but in a, um, in an attractive way. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I guess I want to make Christ beautiful to people. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure that's part of what changed you in 15 years in Seattle was interacting with a majority population that did not consider themselves Christians or had much of of a church background, right? You learned to represent Christ differently. Mm -hmm.
1: I did. Yes, for sure. And the Christians there too, I had never seen that brand of Christian before. Um, and you know, it it goes so much deeper than just say left, left leaning, you know, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't even categorize it that way. I would just say they cared about different things than the the Christians I had known about known, cared about. Mm -hmm. And, um, And they approach things from a different perspective. I think they they challenged me in many ways, um, both the Christians and the non Christians in that in that um, city. Mm -hmm. It really challenged me to to rethink a lot of why I believed what I believed.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was in Seattle just for three years and experienced that uh, in a condensed way, but uh, can certainly relate to what you're saying. And Christy, I think it is. Your, your background, just who you are, that gives so much credibility um, to the way that you think and articulate your thoughts today. And just having grown up, like you said, as a child of parents in ministry, were you a pastor's kid? Is am I remembering correctly? Yeah,
1: my dad was an assistant pastor at a church, and my. Christian school principal.
0: Say <laughs> <laughs> so Christian school, Christian Bible college, and then yeah. you join your husband to plant a church. And so uh, just a lifetime of being in really in full-time ministry, mm-hmm. um, which I think contextually is so helpful um, to understand that's your background, that's your, uh, your frame of reference. And I wanted to have you on the show because I feel like you are such a, you're an intelligent and articulate and thoughtful, strong woman whom I've always respected, and I appreciate how you are measured and careful with your words. Hmm. Um, that's my perception.
1: At least, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I feel um, the same about you. So there you go. Well,
0: <laughs> I. I just, I appreciate the words that you put out there. And so a couple weeks ago, you wrote a Facebook post. Um, It was right on the heels of the tragic week we had with the synagogue uh, massacre and the two men shot outside of Kroger and all of the pipe bombs being Mm -hmm. sent to various politicians. And you posted and and in a way broke a silence that you had had. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's my dryer. <laughs> <laughs> <Turn> it's <home. laughs> uh, hiding in the laundry room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about that um, because mm-hmm. I felt I so resonated with what you said. And I feel like so many women um, surely resonated with that, um, mm-hmm. just having felt like I've been silent because... It doesn't feel like our voice matters anymore. Uh, it doesn't yeah. feel like meaningful dialogue is happening anymore. And so, why bother? Mm. So, can we talk about that first? Just that yeah. that feeling of just what's the point? Um, and it yeah. being so discouraged and cynical in this polarized climate that we find ourselves in these days. So, let's tell me more about just where you've come from with with those feelings. Yeah.
1: Cynical is a good word. I mean, I, I've never been cynical. It's kind of a new emotion for me. I'm not. um, My personality is definitely more the optimist. Um, I've always, I've always thought, you know, that the world is ge- generally a good place, you know, uh, or that I can, that I can have an impact on people. Um, and that my efforts are not going to just be blown to the wind, but in this last two years or three years, probably, I have felt more and more of that. Like, I don't know if anything that I'm going to say or do is going to make much of a difference, um, in this climate. Um, so yeah, I mean, I it was funny. I went back to my Facebook post as I was thinking about talking to you today and I kind of went back about two years, two and a half years to to see mm. the trajectory. <laughs> mm. And um, you know, when, when when all this first started and it was probably back in 2016, 15 something when we were starting this primary the primary season for the election my first posts were, um, disbelief. Like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then they kind of turned to, um, grief, like sadness, sadness, um, that Christians would, um, would wholesale just set aside their values or what they claimed were their values. And then it was this anger, you know, I kind of moved to, (laughs) I went through an angry face, (laughs) And then, you know, and then after the election it was interesting, like I, I went through a phase where I was really just digging deep, like in my soul to figure out like, what, what bridge, what have I missed? What, what is this like whole population of people that I don't understand? And I was really trying to understand them. So mm-hmm. I like, I read Hillbilly Elegy and I read, or I, um, I started to put different, Um, or, you know, a variety of news outlets in my Apple feed, you know, so that I could read news from different perspectives and thinking, Mm -hmm. well, there's this whole group of people that I, that are, they feel disenfranchised and disaffected. And I don't understand that. And I want to understand that. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I tried building bridges more. um, And, uh, and that didn't work either. You know, just, it was kind of like, they didn't really care to build bridges and nobody cared to have dialogue. Nobody cared to understand each other. And so I kind of yeah. just gave up. <laughs> yeah. And um
0: it was Can you can you recall yeah. a moment or a certain interaction like what that looked like of you mm-hmm. trying to trying to better understand and have meaningful dialogue and not feeling like it was going anywhere healthy?
1: Hmm don't know if I can recall a specific it was a back and forth pro- it was it was multiple it was kind of like you know maybe there were several and then I mm-hmm. just said I kind of faded away yeah. um, but I can remember many of the, the back and forths on my some of my posts being me trying to couch everything that I'm saying and trying to you know all of these terms of You know, maybe I'm wrong, but blah blah blah. You know, like I try to offer my opinions in very respectful ways, and -hmm. then in return, I was labeled, and I was um, people just they shake their head and they say, "Oh yeah, you've just become this crazy liberal Seattleite," you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that and they would just dismiss everything that every every argument that I had or every idea that I had. It was dismissed, even though I had tried many many times to be respectful and polite and understanding towards their point of view you know it's so I just got discouraged um and I also wasn't sure I just it wasn't sure if that was the right platform like maybe maybe I just really needed to stop um it was maybe having the reverse effect (laughs) in me trying to reach people and convince them it might have had the opposite effect of closing them off even more Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do that Mm -hmm. um I'm an enneagram 9 so bit, I I like I'm a peacemaker and I like to I like to build bridges to people and since I saw that it really wasn't happening in that platform I I just kind of gave up trying.
0: Right. So did you find yourself then feeling even more siloed in kind of the people that you were able to interact with and have conversations with became more and more like like you? Do you know what I mean? I don't
1: know that I even had conversations anymore. I kind of just stopped talking about issues, um, hmm. political issues. It was almost like I decided or unconsciously, subconsciously decided that um, nothing was going to change and it's not even worth be- talking, you know, preaching to the choir, you know, yeah, it's not yeah. even worth it um, because what does that do? you know, it just gets everyone angry. (laughs) And I didn't want to be angry anymore. And I didn't want to be surrounded with angry people, you know?
0: Right. So you just went silent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With a few exceptions. I mean, I, there were times that I spoke up, um, and I'm, and I went back and kind of category, all of them had to do with physical violence. So when there were mass shootings, um, school shootings, and I think I posted about the uh, the nightclub shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, that's. I just can't. I, I don't know. I can't sit back and say nothing um, right. when I when those things happen and uh, or racially motivated killings, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where the tipping point was for me, or the the exception. Um to my unspoken rule, <laughs> um, and I still don't know i I don't know the answer. I don't know if if, if social media is the right platform for speaking out, I don't, mm-hmm. I still don't have the answer to that.
0: right, well, it certainly doesn't seem i I mean I agree with you, it doesn't seem like it's a place where meaningful dialogue really happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It it seems to be a place where we just continue to kind of throw out our opinions, and we stop following or friending or liking <laughs> those mm-hmm. with the opposite opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I myself blocked someone after I just could not handle her comments anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a sense, I just tuned out an, an attempt, perhaps, at dialogue with me because <laughs> I just yeah. so I just couldn't. Um, so I, I can see what you're saying about perhaps that not being the best space or the right channel, but you break, you broke your silence over violence. And so again, a couple weeks ago, extreme violence. Um, and I, I appreciated how you really called, called us out. Um, Cause it would be easy to assume that we all can agree. We all agree that those are heinous crimes but you said lest lest you believe that those were isolated to those particular individuals who were maybe psychopaths and would have committed crime regardless of the climate of our country right now you really with without saying as much laid blame on the climate and the hateful speech and words of our leader and so let's talk about that. Let's talk about choosing to to, to break your silence and call um, call forth evil words um, mm-hmm. being spoken by our leader. Yeah. How would you decide to uh, do that?
1: Yeah, I I am um, I'm not sure. I think there was there were some. Examples laid for me, laid out for me, that I started to be. Conv- I started to get convicted of not speaking, um, and then I. Um, I read. I read a friend's book, um, and she talked a lot about truth and about seeking shared truth, and um, about how we, we we close our ears to to uh, the information that's presented to us because we have already made up our minds um and so so she was she was using her platform of writing to call out a problem that she saw and i thought i don't have a big platform but i i do have a voice and it would be i feel irresponsible of me to have all these thoughts and not share or not express how i felt especially and I don't know if this was conscious but maybe maybe it was kind of in the back of my mind that there's an election coming up and people are thinking about politics again and people are making decisions um, about who they want to be their leaders but I think more of it is um I'm I, I just am I was super frustrated that that Christians who should be all about truth and light and love are silent and not speaking up um, about things that matter. So I don't know. I, like I said in the post, I don't know if it, if it did any good. I don't know if it changed anybody's mind, but you know what's interesting, Beth, is that I, my, who I, who I think is going to be my audience often rarely is. <laughs> mm-hmm. You probably noticed this too in your writing. I had a few comments on there and, and on previous posts too that I posted from non Christian friends from Seattle. And, um, they thanked me because they, they have this perception of Christians that, that we're just all a bunch of hateful people. And with few exceptions, they don't have anyone that's a Christian who is speaking out against the hateful speech that Mm -hmm. we hear from Washington and from, um, other people in power. And so, you know, for her, it was like a, oh, well, all Christians are not Evil. And, and then I thought, if she's my audience, if, if that kind of person is who I'm writing for, then it's totally worth it to right. speak out. Right. Um, because I'm hopefully reclaiming a little bit of the reputation of Christ, which is probably my number one frustration and sadness. Um, in this these past three years. And I, I know lots of people come at it from all different perspectives, but as a Christian and as a somewhat of a leader in Christianity, it it frustrates me to no end to feel like we've gone backwards in our witness, in our salt, being salt in light, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So yes. That's so if that if that person if that type of person is the one that I'm reaching with these posts, then then great. Right. I'll keep writing them. Yes. You know? Because that <laughs>
0: That is, you're right. That we need to be a witness to the counter, um, to the love of of Christ, to mm-hmm. to the words that He used to talk about the marginalized, the disenfranchised, the minority, yes. the um, mm-hmm. the immigrant, the refugee. Right. And yes, so you yeah. you wrote that you said words matter, and mm-hmm. I know you meant your own, and I know you meant. Trump's and I know mm-hmm. you were referring to these uh, prejudiced, prejudicial, and racist and um, anti-Semitism comments mm-hmm. that are have been spoken. And yeah. would you say that 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 those words coming from our administration are are what grieve you the most as a Christian and what? perhaps confuse you the most about other Christians being able to set those aside somehow?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, the words themselves are bad and the, and they do grieve me, but it grieves me a hundred times more that, that Christians will, um, will hear them and think that they're, as long as they're, as long as they're getting what they want out of this administration, they're willing to put up with or, or lay aside all their, um, all their sense of good and right and um, justice. Like I, I, I know because I know people. I know these people. I know the people who voted for Trump. I know that they're not all evil people. I know that they are not racist for the vast majority. I know that they're not um, anti-Semitic. I know that they 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 don't see objectify women. I I, I mean all the things that use that that Trump says, I know that they don't buy into that, but they're willing to vote for him and support him because they get something out of it. You know, or they perceive that they're getting something from his presidency. And that grieves me. And I feel like it grieves Jesus as well. Right. Um, and I, 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 I know <laughs> in my heart of hearts that we're going to look back at this time in our period, period of time in our history with just a great amount of sadness mm-hmm. and regret.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, putting putting grief in its proper place. Um, and I think that's I think that's why it's just it's so hard right now. It's it's so hard to understand one another because mm-hmm. and I wish perhaps we should have included another voice on this show um of a sister who yes. is yes. supporting mm-hmm. Trump to help us understand. Why? How? How do you look beyond all that he says mm-hmm. um, to say that his actions matter more than, than the words he uses to talk about people? Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. I mean, almost every day I, I wonder that. Um, I do. Um, I would say that, you know, as far as as far as being a Christian voter, Uh, the issues that that used to matter to me, used to be paramount to me, have have been pushed down the list as far as priorities. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do understand. I do understand the pragmatism and sometimes, you know, kind of plugging your nose and voting for a candidate because one issue stands above the rest, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, whether it's abortion or having Supreme Court judges, you know, that... Are more conservative; those those things matter so much that you're willing to to overlook. But I I just think that that personally the tipping point happened a long time ago with Trump that um, that he disqualified himself as as a candidate that and that um well I don't know I mean that that's a personal choice and I that's that's yeah I, I don't understand it but I but I try to understand it and I don't I don't say wholesale that everyone who voted for Trump, you know, is, is evil or wrong or you know racist or anything like that. Uh, I just, you know, I feel like I, I should still be speaking up about the things that um, are trying to open people's eyes and I don't know, in hearts to see the damage that's maybe irreparable that has happened, mm-hmm. you know, since he came on the scene. But then again, you know, all of these things were happening before he came on the scene. And I know that he just kind of lit the fire. But that's another conversation for another day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's mm -hmm. so. Well, it certainly is mm -hmm. different being an American these days who travels or interacts Mm -hmm. with other cultures. Um, You talk about just what are what are we representing and who are we? What is our the faith that we're exporting? Um, and having spent time in Turkey this summer, and just the the Turks' impressions these days of us as a as a nation and us as a church is so sad. And just today, a friend posted an article about uh, her refugee or her her immigrant friends who, sh- when she first met them, were so sad that. She was from America. They just assumed she was from Canada because she was kind mm. and and friendly yeah. towards them. And when they learned mm. differently, they were surprised and shocked and saddened because they just assume Americans are not welcoming to the stranger, to the other. Wow. And I that mm. just breaks my heart. And me too. Me because too. that's that depth that I was referring to. It's the core of what we believe and who we follow. As our Lord, and that's what we're representing.
1: Yeah, and it's it no matter where you come down on um, immigration. So it doesn't the voting uh, or or, you know the stance of whether you think that we should have tighter borders or whether you think that we should allow less um, illegal immigration, all of that stuff that that stuff doesn't bother me. It's the rhetoric. It's what how we talk about the stranger. It's how we talk about the immigrant. It's how we treat them as other or use the word invasion or, you know, it just grieves me because people internalize those messages, not just in our country, but around the world, Yes, you know, and they, they start to see the outsider as a, an, a foreign invader who is, um, other it's other it's dehumanizing yes, you know yes. um and it, it grieves me yeah. totally you know within yeah
0: yeah I heard someone speaking about their fear of the caravan um coming up mm. through Tennessee to New England um because I
1: heard that same yes, interview last night <laughs> we all know that they're
0: full of child molesters
1: yes yes <laughs> how do you know that how do you know that you don't know that yeah, yeah. Just and the fear that's being sown into the hearts of people and a vote based on fear is never a decision based on fear is never a good decision right. um, and but it's very it's a very powerful tool in in elections and so um, well yeah again this is another conversation for another day but uh, but I that's the kind of stuff that I feel like I should be calling out more Um that we, yeah. that we as Christians should not be living in such fear.
0: Mm-hmm. You're you're right. I think that's, you know, when we if we want to stay away from the politics of it and the fact that you might have very different approaches to security, mm-hmm. our nation's security and border control, but it's how mm-hmm. we talk about people and it's yeah. not dehumanizing. Them and it's always considering how we be, how we weigh our privilege with yes. caring for yes. um, those mm-hmm. with less, and that it, it's it's our posture, it's yeah, it's our rhetoric, yes. it's our words. Just like you said, our words matter.
1: Yeah, the same could be said for many many other issues. You know, healthcare is another one that it, it grieves me to. Um, we, if if we both agree that it is that we are a brother's keeper when it comes to healthcare in our country, and that that we should be as concerned about our neighbor's health as our own, um, then how we go about fixing that problem is can vary widely. But but we should all agree as Christians that healthcare um, is important and it is necessary, and it you know it is an issue that we need to tackle. Yeah. So. The, those things, I try to build those types of bridges, you know, as I'm talking to people, just, okay, what can we agree on? What can right. we agree on? Um, so. Right.
0: Well, okay. not to put you on the spot, but have you come across um, some, some places where healthy, meaningful dialogue is occurring, whether it's podcasts or news shows or books you've been reading? Like, can you point us to any places where you feel like... <laughs> Uh, uh, well,
1: I'm a little bit on social media and, and it's hard because I've just moved. And so I don't have um, as many connections face to face here yet. I'm working on that, you know, in church and, um, getting, uh, I, yeah, I would love to be in some sort of a group that that really just hashes these things out in in a church, and I I haven't found that yet, but um, I'm hoping that that happens. I know we we were starting to do some of that before we left Washington. We had these um, what we call praxis, where we would get up and and I remember one where we had four um, there actually it, it was recorded, so I suppose you could go back and listen to it. But four different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a you know a progressive, a um, Republican, an independent, um, and someone who I think was kind of all a mix of all of that <laughs> um, and a really good discussion and, and very um, thoughtful and kind mm. um, considerate discussion. And that was, I left so, you know, heartened from, from that discussion thinking, yes, it's possible. It really is possible. Um, a book I would say you probably read Brene Brown's braving the wilderness. Mm. She, she talks a lot about that in, in that book. Um, but I haven't, have you? <laughs> Have you found any podcasts? Because I haven't found any.
0: Oh, I, I'm sure they're out there. Um, the problem with the podcast yes. world is that there's so many incredible ones. It's almost impossible to stay up it's up true. to speed and. Um, and here I am throwing my voice into the mix. I feel like a little <laughs> little person in the minor leagues, you know, when they're major leagues sure. all out there. So I know that they exist. I feel foolish even bringing that question up without um, specifics to direct yeah. people to, but I just wondered. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, it, well, and, and I am part of a, a, a private Facebook group that does really well with mm-hmm. this too. So it can be done on social media and, and, probably private is better than public for that yeah. um, because there's group group parameters that can um, that you know we've all determined that we'll, we'll be civil in our discourse and that we will be kind and there's moderators and that kind of thing oh interesting so,
0: so is the whole yeah. group designed to have this sort of discourse
1: no it's um, it's it's christ in pop culture so if you're ever interested in joining you can it's you you pay a subscription and then you um then you can get on there it's really inexpensive but uh it's for it's for people who care about uh, current issues and what's going on in the world and, and it's obviously pop culture so it could be anything from you know the latest marvel movie to you know the bigger issues of immigration and um politics but uh but yeah, there's some really, really good dialogue that happens in that group. And I've learned a lot and I haven't even been part of it for very long, less than a year. But I uh, I even have gone back and read a lot of the old threads because um, I just love hearing the thoughtfulness, reading the thoughtfulness that goes behind their comments and um, they're not just people's. Uh, knee-jerk reaction opinions, Mm -hmm. but they're really thought Mm -hmm. out and well-researched. Okay. So price
0: and pop culture. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's what we need more of, right? Is just Mm -hmm. what I said that impresses me about you is having measured, thoughtful, articulate responses (laughs) Um, (laughs) that, that if we were to all pause and really think carefully about what and how we say, um, what we say, Mm -hmm. but to, to still speak out and use our voice because our voices represent our faith. And for that reason alone, we need to have more of that in, in the discourse, um, in our country today.
1: And I would be the first to say that I'm not always right. I'm not always right in my opinion. And I know that I carry biases, um, and I'm, I try to interact humbly. Um, but, but there is a point at which, um, I get convicted that sometimes my humility is, um, uh, is too, sometimes I'm too quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, I just read a really good quote today and I don't even remember where it was from. This is thank you internet. Um, <laughs> but it said something to the effect of, you know, you should always be quiet before you speak, but when it's time to speak, you should not be quiet. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked that, yeah. you know, just that thoughtfulness before you speak, but there is a time to
0: right. speak. Yes. Yes, and uh, I think that's that's the whole point of this podcast is how do we do so in a fierce and lovely manner? Um, because both are required of us, and both we're both we're capable of both. And um, yes. yeah, but this is a really tough one. I feel like this has been a a hard one for me to wrap my mind around. So I just really appreciate you breaking your silence and sharing what you did. Um, and I just appreciate you having this conversation with me about it all today on Election Day. We'll see how how things end up uh, by the end of this day. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, listeners, Election Day came and went, and our nation still stands, and our God still reigns. Uh, I've gone back and listened to this conversation with Christy, and I have to say, I'm I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling a little anxious about what you all will think i'm nervous about making the divide even bigger i'm i'm just feeling unsure and even my husband cautioned me perhaps you shouldn't put this one out there on air and then that just feels like it lacks integrity for the whole purpose of why i wanted christy on the show in the first place because i was so compelled by her words of finally breaking her own silence and speaking out against uh, hateful language and the rhetoric that's uh, so often used as we talk about our fellow humans and that that's just not an example of of the christ that we follow and if we are going to be representing him to the nations then we need to be calling our leaders to more and to better and i have to air this uh, for that reason alone and i want to make a commitment to you all to not shy away from the hard Um, as much as my wing nine on the enneagram would lead me (laughs) to avoid um, the conflict and the offense um, I want to commit to not do that and this is step one of me just releasing what feels like a risky show in hopes that um, that we'll all consider more deeply the one that we follow and the example that he gives us and the choices that we make um, every day that either reflect that or not. To me, that is as close as it comes to being fierce and lovely. So. I'll leave you with that. Thanks for tuning in. This is Beth Bruno, and you've been listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast.